For anyone who feels the same way as I do, then this podcast is for you. So I've always been fascinated by people and how people live and also how we can connect with one another and how we can understand each other better. And if you think about it, the world, this planet that you and I and almost 8 billion people call home is very big. So I thought what better way to get to know people than to do it in a podcast. So join me as I talk to people from literally every country in the world and bring you stories about ordinary people doing extraordinary things and also about their culture, about their travels and essentially what mainstream media may not be covering. I'm Azra, a writer and photographer, and this is Earth Stories. So my first series will focus on the lives of Palestinians impacted by the 70-year-long Israeli occupation. It's a two-part series, and I'm calling this one In the Peculiar Fate of Oppressed People. In my first episode, I'll be talking to Yusuf Mema, also known as At Joe Gaza 93, and he will be talking about last year's Israeli aggression on Gaza. On May 10th, 2021, as the holy month of Ramadan drew to an end, in just 11 days... Israel brutally massacred and killed more than 260 Palestinians, including 67 children, in a desperate attempt for the news not to get out of what was really happening on the grounds in Gaza. Israel destroyed the Associated Press and Al Jazeera's offices. So essentially journalism was censored and the only means of us, the outside world, getting to know what was happening on the grounds was through the people. So citizen journalism became prominent, and Youssef was one of the most popular voices to spread awareness of what was going on on the grounds. So join me today as we welcome Youssef Mema, a nurse and activist, as he tells us about his life in Gaza, and about the Israeli aggression, and about his future. Hi, hello, and welcome. Hello, Adra. Thanks for hosting me. And I wish him uh, a good day for our listeners. And uh, thank you, Adra, so much for hosting me uh, during during this day. Uh, thank, thank you so much for offering your time. You, and, you um, are welcome. And honestly, I'm I'm really excited to um, learn more about you and your life, um, your life in Gaza, and the experiences you have to share. So, Yusuf, is it Yusuf or Yusuf or Joe? What do you prefer to be called? Uh, you can call me both. Like uh, my name is Yusuf, and uh, the the nickname is Joe. How this is how my friends like call me. And Yusuf or Joe, both are work. Why did you choose the name Joe? Is it from Joseph? Yeah. Yes. Like okay. <laughs> For those who don't know, Joseph is basically the English version of Yusuf, which is yeah. I guess the prophet. Um, Yusuf. So Joe is, maybe I'll call you Joe. Joe is a nurse and a social media activist and humanitarian based in Gaza. And my first question to you is, um, can you actually, actually it's more, more of a, more than a question. It's more of like, can you tell me about? So can you tell me about basically growing up in Gaza and what, what are the positives and experiences that you've had and what could have been better as in so maybe if we go back all the way to your childhood um the growing in gaza is like uh, we can say uh, a unique experience because it's uh, the life here like uh, it's mixed uh, of positive and negative things i will start, i will talk about my 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 life experience in gaza strip uh, since uh, since my ch- childhood, for me, uh, I I have never been out of Gaza before. Uh, I lived all my life in Gaza. Instead, um, also I lived through like four wars and yes. aggression on Gaza during my life here in Gaza. Strip. And this this experience like added to me. A lot of things um, affect me by many ways. The life in Gaza, in general, living uh, under occupation and siege, uh, 
is one of the most difficult things for us in Gaza. Would you say you've had a positive childhood despite the wars that have occurred? For me personally, and uh, for me personally, the the child the the childhood period uh, was very good for me. Like I lived it and I enjoyed it. Uh, Were you in the same neighborhood uh, your whole life, or a different neighborhood? I'm living in the same neighborhood. Like uh, same we, house I as spent well. My, Yes, uh, I spent my childhood uh, living in the same neighborhood, in the same area. I live in Sheikh Rudwan neighborhood, which is one of the most crowded uh, neighborhoods in Gaza, like thousands of people living inside it. Sorry, Sheikh yeah. Rudwan is in Gaza City. Yeah. It is Sheikh Rudwan, yeah, it is in Gaza City, west of Gaza, like near to the beach, uh, like far away, two, two kilometers. Two kilometers far mm-hmm. away from the sea. Uh, I lived all my life here in this neighborhood, and it's crowded. It is all. It is also contain uh, uh, many schools where we studied in these schools. Our do you know, uh, um, do you know primary roughly? and high school we okay. studied here. In the, um, yeah. Do you know roughly how many people um, live in your neighborhood? We we speak about. Uh, thousands of people like uh, yes there is a lot of houses here and people um, we we speak about uh, thousands of people like okay. uh, over 50 maybe or over 70 50,000 70,000 people yes that is a lot, a lot of people, people. Yeah. and how big is your uh, neighborhood uh, the size uh, is not that big but it, it is crowded with okay. people and I think once you told me that during your childhood, um, there have been times when there were no electricity. Can you elaborate yes. a bit more on that? And is this still the case today? Yes. Uh, we lived all uh, our life. Uh, we, we can say that like we begin, uh, we begin our life with, uh, with no electricity most of the time. Like it is, uh, we like we were see the electricity like for eight hours uh, daily, and this is affect uh, our childhood. Like we wanted to see the TV, but uh, at the same time we don't have electricity. So this is one of the negative things we lived through our childhood. You know, it's affected uh, our daily life and everything. Yeah. You know, the electricity is is important. It's important, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. To our listeners, if you can hear some background noise going on, Yusuf basically said that there's a wedding happening. So that's basically or essentially the sound of daily life in Gaza. And I think we should kind of, I feel we should leave it in here. Like it's kind of an experience to, if we're not there, at least we can hear what daily life is like there. But obviously, we're going to try and keep it focused on his voice um is your neighbor getting married yes are you are you going to the wedding uh yeah yesterday i went and congratulated him mm-hmm. he's my neighbor he his name is ismail so congratulations yeah, I, I to ismail <laughs> thank you so much i have done my part uh, so okay you're not going anywhere yes. um okay so Going back to um, the wars that you mentioned, so you said that you've experienced four wars. Do you recall how old you were when the first war happened? And what were your, um, do you have any memories of what your experience was like then? Yes, no, no, I think I remember this moment very well because I was like 15 years old and I was in the high school. we were at the time um, having exams in the school, and okay. it's, uh, we finished the, the exam and left the school. We left the, the school, uh, returning back to our houses. And during my uh, during my way to the house, I started I started uh, hearing a lot of explosion or sounds and bump. Uh, sounds near me 
and uh, the black smoke like uh, covered the sky so i was uh, i was like uh, a teenage uh, during this time. how old do you know what how old when i was 15 15 15 years old yeah and was this the first uh, time you ever saw yes. something like that yeah the, the atmosphere of uh, of the attack was uh, very horrible for me because it is my first experience as a teenager to witness uh, such uh, a war and it really was uh, tense and uh, heavy war it's continuous for 22 days okay. i ran away to my house when i started uh, hearing the bomb voices and seeing the the smoke uh, covering the sky and uh, we we opened the television in the in the house and we start uh, show, showing the news and reading the news about uh, many victims and injuries due to this uh, air strike done by the Israeli occupation uh, war plans at the time the the experience was horrible for me and for every child and I can imagine every woman and man in Gaza during this hard time. Was that the first time that I'm not too sure about the historical um history here, but was that the first time that Gaza was under attack? Like the first time ever, basically? No, we we exposed to many to different uh, type of attacks. Like it is. Airstrike. I mean, like uh, explosions. It was the first time to to experience such an attack. It was a big and heavy. I lasted for twenty two days, and uh, then the Israeli tanks. I remember, like invaded the, the land of Gaza, and uh, mm-hmm. they uh, settled in the Palestinian houses, and uh, the tanks. Like I, I remember they uh, were far far away from our house, like two to three kilometers just. So they invaded invaded the, the Gaza by tanks and bulldozers and destroyed houses. This one, uh, this attack was one of the most uh, uh, difficult attacks on Gaza. So no, it's, it is was unique. It was unique and uh, difficult somehow. Okay. And your, so your family, were they always from Gaza? So were you born there and your family was from Gaza? Or where do you, where does your family come from originally? Do you know? Uh, my grandparents originally from Al-Majdal city, where it's called Ashkelon in Hebrew. Okay. In Hebrew. Um, and this is, is the both co- grandparents' mother side, your mother's side and father's side? My, mother, my mother's side is from Ashkelon. Okay. And uh, my uh, father's side, the mother of my father, uh, she was uh, originally from Jaffa City, okay. uh, Jaffa in Arabic. Tel Aviv and, today, uh, right? My, yes, and my grand, yes, and my grandfather was uh, from Al Majdal, uh, which is called Ashkelon now. Uh, it is located uh, to the south of Palestine, like uh, far away, sixty kilometers from Jerusalem City. And it is located north of Gaza Strip. Okay. And yes. but you were not born there. You were born in Gaza. No, I, I was uh, born and raised in Gaza Strip all my life. Okay. And your grandparents, they came to Gaza as refugees or were they forced to move there after 1948? Yeah. They came to Gaza as refugees after, you know, the, the Nakba of Palestine, after the... After the state of Israel controlled the land of Palestine and uh, expelled the Palestinian people from from their lands by force, mm-hmm. so they uh, escaped toward Gaza because it wasn't occupied yet, and uh, they settled there. But originally, they they are from Ashkelon and Mosul city. Okay, and on your social uh, media bio, you say that. You live in the world's biggest open-air prison. Do you feel as though you live in a prison? Is Gaza a prison to you? Uh, yes, I'm considering it, it as prison uh, due to many reasons. One of the most important reasons that we are we are suffering from movement restrictions, like we can't move, we can't move and leave Gaza. 
like the rest of the, of the world, it is difficult to, to leave Gaza because, you know, the borders are controlled uh, by the Israeli population, most of the crossing, for sure. And uh, we have only one crossing, like we can uh, travel, travel through it. It's called Rafah Crossing, which is controlled by Egypt. Uh, I want to add that we don't have, we also don't have airports here like uh, the rest of the world. So, you know, most of the people around the world, when they have an attention, uh, intention like to travel, yeah. they can tra- travel in the same time, like uh, book a ticket and yeah. travel. That's true. But for us, for the people in Gaza, it's it's very different. We 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 are suffering a lot from from this topic because we don't have airports or train station. Or we we like a group of people, two millions uh, people are living in a small in a small space. city or yeah. in a small space. Um, that the, all the border and fence and controlled by the Israeli side and we have the only like uh, the only we can say uh, a link to breathe through it is called a rafah crossing where we can leave through it this is our uh, your means of exit yeah and have you tried leaving before uh rafah crossing due to the difficulties uh, um and uh, the the hard uh, and difficult experience I am hearing from the people uh, who who's traveling and uh, through Rafah crossing, I like uh, delaying and postponing the idea of traveling. Mm-hmm. But uh, this uh, this uh, summer after the last Israeli aggression, I. Uh, I have applied to Turkey visa and I got uh, the Turkish visa and now it is on my passport. But uh, and I was planning to like to travel uh, uh, after the war, like uh, we can say in uh, August. Mm-hmm. But uh, I postponed it also because I uh, I have got a job here. Okay. Uh, so first I ha- I I need like to to obligate uh, myself to the job like uh, I need to spend some months and work because on your job first yeah which is yeah, in the work uh, and after this I can like you know take a vacation for two weeks or two three weeks mm-hmm. I just postponed the, the the travel but I will I will not cancel it yeah just for now and do you have a specific country in mind that you want to visit uh, currently, like uh, Turkey, and uh, I, I would love to, to visit. Where do you uh, want to visit in Turkey? Uh, uh, honestly, I have a cousin in Istanbul, so I will okay. firstly like settle there, and after this, maybe he can take me to to other cities, uh, a small trip to other cities, because you know he's uh, since two years there, so. Okay. So he he know the country more than me and uh, okay. know know the places. For me, the most important is to reach Turkey, and after this week, I like set a plan. And I was gonna say I have um, been to two places in Turkey, Istanbul and um, Antalya. They're both really, really, really beautiful. Especially Istanbul is like one of my favorite places. So I think if you do go there, you will really enjoy um, Istanbul. And, yeah, I think so. You were saying, are there any other places you want to go to, you want to visit? As in uh, a place where, okay, I've always wanted to go there. Maybe we can say uh, Switzerland. Uh, yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of the most beautiful places on earth. As it With is, the mountains. As, yeah. As uh, it is showing on, the, on YouTube and Instagram Reels. You know, it, the nature is beautiful there, so I would like really to visit it one day. I would like also to visit like London, uh, okay. UK. You're welcome if Please, you ever yeah. come here. I think um, quite a lot of your followers on the Instagram, and you have Twitter as well, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, Twitter. so I think quite a lot of your followers you mentioned before are from the UK, and I think you always well not yeah you've you've always expressed your appreciation for the UK um, people who are, have been supporting you along the way. Is that correct? 
Yes, yes. Uh, we have a lot of supporters in the UK who are showing love and support to the Palestinian issue. Mm-hmm. And always they are demonstrating for Palestine, for Palestine and marching for Palestine. Honestly, they, they always uh, like showing their, their support. And I am uh, sending my respect to, to, to them and mm-hmm. to, to everyone like uh, trying to, to support and show show solidarity for Palestine and spreading the word uh, about what is going uh, on in Palestine. This uh, helping the issue a lot, so much uh, by spreading the word. And uh, many people will, will start to be aware about our cause. And this, inshallah, will lead, uh, will lead to a free Palestine one day. Okay. And um, going back to... Um outside of Gaza, when, for example, now we have social media and internet, when you can see how the rest of the world lives, how do you feel when you look at um, life outside of Gaza? Do you, does it make you feel, I don't know, how does it make you feel? Uh, when I, when I'm looking to the life outside of Gaza, like in, in Europe, in uh, USA, I'm really wishing, oh, if we can live uh, like the the people who are living there, you know they they have they are have their freedoms and uh, no occupation, no movement restriction. Life is going well. Everything is available. This make me like wishing if we can live this life without this suffering uh, and struggling in life like here in Gaza. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'm, I'm wishing if I can like go there and live there, you know, because of the 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 seed we are living we live under here in Gaza and the pressure of life here, you know, make you thinking of leave sometimes and settle in in a good country to get a to get a good job uh, and to create a good future for you. And if you had the opportunity to leave, do you think you would leave temporarily or would you want to live there permanently or, and would you say you'd want to come back to Gaza again or? No, of, of course I will back to Gaza. I will not live uh, the rest of my life uh, away from Gaza because I was born and raised here. I know the situation is difficult, condition is hard, but you know, uh, the home come first so i can uh, i can like go outside gaza for few years uh, like uh, uh, getting job outside getting some some experience uh, and then i can return to my to my city okay and so through your uh, i guess your documentation um, and your instagram account we get to see what life is like in Gaza. I personally don't know anyone from Gaza. I've I've been to um, Palestine before. I've been to um, Jerusalem and the West Bank, but obviously never to Gaza. So through your um, photographs, your videos, and your life, your life feeds that you have done and continue to do, um, I get to see what life is like there. And for that, I want to say thank you. And I wanted to ask, would you say that journalism is, or photojournalism is a passion of yours? Um, we can say, uh, first, uh, first of all, uh, you are welcome. It's just my duty to show life and to show how the life going on uh, in Gaza spread the positive and the negative sides, both. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to show the both, uh, to look the, uh, like to let people outside living the moment and knowing how how the how the situation in Gaza. I love the and I love the and I I like the journalism. Um, and uh, sometimes in my mind I wished if I studied it uh, because it is uh, something good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a bit passionate about it and. Uh, I think I'm liking it. So, yeah. 
And I think you're really good at it. Again, I think, um, especially when the recent war happened, um, the, like a lot of journalists were under attack. They bombed the, the main Al Jazeera and AP news tower. So I think because of journalism was basically attacked. So a lot of people who are not in Gaza and live abroad, they want to, wanted to know what's going on there. So I think the ordinary citizens, um, were a means for us to kind of reach reach out to find like that news so i think yeah it is very important um i think yeah maybe you should look into your passion since you're very good at it um yes. speaking about your passion your other passion is nursing is that correct yeah i i'm also love the nursing you know because it's a humanitarian job where you're helping people uh, helping other uh, so yeah i'm passionate about it and i i love my profession why did you uh, choose that profession? When I graduated from the high school, uh, to be honest, uh, I I was like have nothing in my mind to study. Or I graduated and didn't decide yet what to what to study or how what, what to what, pursue. Yeah. So my mother like, hey, you have to study nursing if it's good, uh, if it's where you can help people and blah blah blah. So, uh, based on my mother' opinion, I chose the the nursing. And okay. Studied, uh, I studied the nursing, and I I think uh, that's I'm um, I'm happy with it. Yeah, so, I think it's a good satisfied. choice. Um. Also, yeah. if you enjoy helping, you you've mentioned before, you enjoy helping people. And do you like working in hospitals? Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. I I like. I like so it. I think um yeah, as long as you like or love what you do, then. Think that's really great. So, can you tell me a bit about what it's like to be a nurse in Gaza, especially during the recent war? Can you describe the environment to me and how you felt personally, and um, kind of what what was going on? What did you see? Yes, being a nurse in Gaza in Gaza Strip during the wars, it's a big responsibility on you. You feel like uh, you like you holding uh, a heavy weight on your shoulder. It's a big a big responsibility, but uh, we're doing our best to, to help our people uh, during the aggression. I was working in Ashka Hospital during the recent uh, aggression in the orthopedic department. Um, and Ashifa Ash Hospital is one of the main hospitals in yeah, it is, Gaza? Yeah, okay. it is the main hospital. Okay, yeah. yeah. It is, uh, yes, number one in Gaza. Hospital because uh, we can say it uh, it is contained different departments like surgical, medical, uh, ICU, sections, you know. So it is uh, in involving everything we can say and including many many sections and departments. And it is uh, located in the middle of Gaza City. Yeah, I was uh, working in the orthopedic department uh, during the recent attack on Gaza. The situation in the hospital in general, uh, we can say like uh, that we were working on an emergency plan, like we expecting to expecting to to get a lot of injuries and uh, a lot of victims, and this is what happened during the war. Our department, the orthopedic department, was uh, full, and most of the beds were were occupied. What was the atmosphere like during the May aggression? Uh, the atmosphere, you you know, it's, uh, it really was a difficult atmosphere uh, for us because uh, we can say uh, every minute there is a new injuries come to the, the hospital and new victim, number of victims arriving. Um, but we were working hard. Yes, we have like a shortage of the, of the staff and of the equipment, but we were working hard despite the list of, uh, you know, the, the equipment and uh, the employees. Uh, Would you say there's a shortage of um, medical equipment in Gaza, specifically in that hospital? Yes, in general, we have uh, we have a shortage of equipment. Like not everything is available in our hospitals, and uh, because you know, uh, 
the medical the medical sector here are dependent dependent on the on the donations from the Foreign outside aid, so yeah. You, yeah so and during the war we are like uh, using a lot of uh, of materials and uh, medical materials so we are you know uh, using a lot and that's lead to like we can say uh, a decrease in the amount of uh, sub medical supplement and uh, equipment and uh, materials okay i remember when i think it was you i remember on your story you had shared um one time there was a i think an emergency like an ambulance that had arrived and a lot of the casualties were children do you have any um memories of that Horrific yeah, experience. I, yes, I remember this day very well. Uh, I was working in my shift. My shift was 20, 24 hours, continuous, 24, 24 hours. 24 hours. Uh, yes, 24. 20. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, 24 That's hours. Long. Very long. <laughs> Sorry. So I remember that I heard an ambulance serene coming to the hospital. Uh, so I ran to the window of, of our department, which is the, the first floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the emergency reception is the ground floor, so it is under us. I ran to the to the window to see what is going on, what what these ambulances are bringing. And I remember that before the ambulances are arriving, uh, I heard a heavy chilling, a heavy chilling, and it was near uh, near a hospital in uh, a shot refugee camp. And after the after that the the ambulances started uh, coming to the hospitals, and uh, I ran to the to the window. I and start inspecting uh, what is going on, and uh, I uh, I saw the the ambulances bringing uh, uh, bodies to 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 small. Uh, kids and children. They most of them, all of them, they were die. Uh, they 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 are died due to the heavy shelling. They uh, like uh, bringing them out of the rubble of their houses. The Israeli occupation uh, war plans destroyed their houses while they were while they they were sleeping safely in their house. Uh, they were they were kids, only kids. Uh, with the I think no parents. Yes, no. Uh, there and they were were two women with them, their mom and aunt. Also, uh, they have they been also among, died. Yeah, they have been among the the bodies. Uh, it was uh, a very hard and difficult day for me because what of, because what uh, of what I have witnessed during this night and. Uh, so the, the situation was terrible for me and I can't forget this uh, this uh, moment um, the question that I don't know what what those uh, what the, those kid, kids and their parents have done to the Israeli occupation forces and them. why they yeah and why they they, uh, they killed them in cold blood uh, this uh, as I mentioned was uh, very very hard and difficult moments for me and I I will never forget it. And I, we will never forgive the, the innovation for their crimes. I was going to say, I can't um, imagine um, anything that you've just said. I think, um, especially living in the UK, we live a very privileged life. I feel like people in Gaza and yourself, you've probably seen lots and lots of corpse. And do you feel like you're you're now when you hear someone when you see something like that do you feel like desensitized by it or how does it make you feel every time there's a like a repeat of this scenario honestly you know uh every one of us has uh emotions and this this view and will affecting your emotions so we i for me i i feel sad to for similar 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 uh Similar views uh, of these of the the bodies of people, kids, women. Uh, so this is affecting me so much. Despite I am nurse, I'm I'm a bit used, but you know it's like 
leave an effects inside us uh, so we can't like uh, we can't feel normal in such a situation so this is like affecting our emotions and uh, you know we feel sad about this i think also another thing that tends to happen in the news coverage is we place a lot of focus on um, women and children but there's also men yes there were women and children but there were also men do you feel as though men are basically men in this context and this story have basically become disposable dispensable or disposable like dispensable i think where basically kind of their emotions and how they feel is not really valid like we don't need to cover that because people only care about women and children yes uh, i got the idea of your question i think uh, there is there's no difference between the, the women and children and men or youth uh, uh, in death because it is considered as the one crime the as a similar crime it is the same crime so the the guilty the guilt is one the guilt is one and the, the crime is one and we have to like to mention all of them together uh, every soul is important and uh, our souls are in number so uh, we have we have and the, the press and uh, the news channel must uh, always mention uh, the men yeah the, the 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 victims by their names because the uh, they are not numbers and uh, they are have loved ones they have families and uh, yes of course uh, they have to mention the men the women the children okay of course and speaking of uh, hospitals and the healthcare again when the israeli aggression happened i think they also destroyed the only covid center in um in the Gaza strip and currently you said or you told me previously that you're working as a nurse in the covid unit in a hospital so what's the um what is the covid cases like now in um in Ga- the Gaza strip during the recent aggression they they bombed the the only clinic for covid-19 where where people like they they were visiting the clinic for uh, covid test you know so they bombed it uh, through the aggression and destroyed it but now uh, we will uh, we alhamdulillah like rebuild it again and fix it again and people now can go and uh, perform the the covid test there yes I, i'm currently not working in the hospital hospital uh, but i'm working in the Turkish Friendship Hospital in Gaza also. It is uh, like uh, uh, specified for the COVID-19 cases. Uh, before one month, uh, the the wave of COVID, you know, like in the peak, and uh, we have uh, a lot of cases. Um, but now, now we can... Yeah, yeah. And now, yes, we can say like we control the wave. Uh, we have uh, a very low number of cases every day. Uh, like the de- our department in the, the the hospital, like we were all the beds were occupied for one month, twenty uh, two beds. Uh, but now we have like well, now like we have five four patients. We can say like uh, many people starting to understand uh, the COVID nineteen and uh, how 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 it is dangerous so they like uh, they are taking the precaution like but basically as as i told you that uh, people uh, starting applying the safety measures uh, did uh, you have did you catch covid at all yeah i i think once okay yeah, it's did you have thing for, symptoms quite bad for, yes it's really very <laughs> like no smell no taste and fever for three days uh headache cough and now can But, you smell uh, again and taste yes again? no i'm very good now it's uh, now it's, if you were um, to taste uh, like a a warm crispy falafel you can taste all the flavors in it yes okay. of course yes that's that's what matters 
And um, and what about vaccines? Have people been vaccinated? Have you has have medical um professionals been vaccinated? Have you been vaccinated? Yes, yes. Uh, now most of the people are uh, like uh, like going to vaccination centers to take their vaccine because it's uh, it's necessary thing for their health. And uh, for me, yeah, I uh, take uh, I vaccinated by Pfizer. And all the medical staff and medical employees must be vaccinated. So yes. And do they are uh, they also doing the double dose or the triple dose in Gaza? Yeah, for Pfizer we have double dose. What about the older people or the elderly? Are they also doing Pfizer or AstraZeneca? The elderly people are uh, they are considered important, uh, like a layer of the community. Uh, so yeah, they they are vaccinating them, uh, I think, and uh, everyone is uh, invited to okay. to the vaccinating centers to take uh, to take their vaccines. Okay, that's good. Very good to hear. So I'm assuming that a lot of the listeners, or maybe some of the listeners, may or may not know about um, what's going on in Gaza and in Palestine, or they may not even be Arabs or familiar with anything in the Middle East. Um, my question to you is, what do you think is a common misconception that people or that we see about Palestinians and, and specifically about Palestinian men and about people who live in Gaza? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to explain uh, something about the situation in Palestine. We, I live in Gaza Strip with uh, another 2 million people here. Uh, I know that the Gaza Strip separated part of, of Palestine, but uh, people must understand that we are uh, under occupation, and uh, the Gaza Strip are we can say uh, controlled by the Israeli occupation side. And also, I have I want to mention that uh, we are Palestinian, but in, but we can't can't visit the the West Bank, the cities of West Bank or the city. Or the occupied city in 1948 by Israel as a Gazans who live in Gaza. We are not allowed to visit any part of Palestine. We just looked here in Gaza. Also, the people of West Bank and Jerusalem can't also visit Gaza uh, because of the, the Israeli control on everything on Palestine. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, one point. And what are the other misconceptions that people? May have first of all, you you're not responsible for clarifying all these misconceptions. Okay, so my question is: there are people, um, and also a lot of what we read and what we know is from is what we consume on the media, on TV, in films, in music. Basically, the media is influences our opinions a lot, right? So, and there are people who have maybe have never met a Palestinian person or who don't know about the what's going on in Palestine. And I'm asking you as a person who is a Palestinian man and who is from Gaza, what are some of the things that you hear on the news or in the media, in films, and you're like, mm, that's not true. What are your what are your feelings? What are your feelings about the representation of Palestinians in films and how they're portrayed in films and in TV? For example, uh, we're talking about that film uh, Fauda in Netflix. Have you seen it? No. It's, I think it's called Fauda. It's like an Israeli um, TV show. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, I get you. Like Fauda. Yeah, Fauda. I, so. I probably uh, pronounced it really badly. This is just a uh, propaganda, we can say, because it it is not uh, represent uh, the real situation and the reality on the ground. They acting like, oh, they are the peaceful people and we are the tourist side. Uh, but this is uh, totally wrong. And, uh, we, you know, we are the owner of this land. Uh, and they, and they came and invaded our land. And then they are claiming that they, that they are, we are a tourist. Uh, so the idea of this, uh, Serious, um, it is like a propaganda, as I told you, and it's uh, uh, just uh, spreading uh, lies, like mm-hmm. uh, about 
Palestinian and about Palestine. So it uh, it is not it uh, it doesn't represent uh, the reality on the ground. Uh, it is uh, like uh, false information and uh, giving wrong idea to the world about us. Okay. I think today, um, I don't know if it was you or I saw it shared on social media. Today, Netflix is going to be releasing quite a lot of, uh, Palestinian films. Yes. I read yeah. that, the, like, the, the names of the films and, yeah, uh, I really want to watch Bonbon. Bon, <laughs> I think it's called Bonbon or. Like and I, I, I saved the post, like, to, to return to it uh, later, maybe, because I'm really, I, inshallah, I will, uh, I will watch these, uh, Have you seen any films. before? Any Palestinian films before? No, not yet. There's one called Omar. It was, like, really big and even made it to the Oscars. I think it is on Netflix, right? I don't, I think it's on Amazon Prime, or maybe it's on Netflix, I'm not sure. Um, it's about a, a like a like a guy who lives in the West Bank, or he lives in Jerusalem, and his girlfriend lives over the the separation wall, and then he crosses mm-hmm. it to go and see her, and then the story kind of develops on there. I think I personally quite like that one. I haven't watched it really, but uh, I think I I like uh, saw the cover of the film on Netflix. It's called Omar. Yes. Yeah, but I haven't thought I haven't it's really good. It I've seen it like four times. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. Ah, uh, you will put, will put it in, in the list, inshallah. Okay, great. Okay, my next question is because you can't leave Gaza, um, and obviously there's a travel restrictions. So, what is it like to holiday in Gaza? So, when you want to take a holiday or when you want to relax, what do you and people do? in Gaza to go on holiday? Basically, in Gaza, during our holiday, like, you, you know, we we go, in, we go out, hanging out with our friends, uh, visiting the, the beach. Uh, we only have the beach, like, to enter, 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 enter. So, um, I'm usually go, go out with my friends to, to the beach, sitting there, like, uh, vaping, smoking shisha. <laughs> uh, they are playing cards, but I'm not, uh, so, so most of the time, uh, we go to the beach and, oh, or, or even to, to our friends' houses, like, we gathering there and sitting together, playing PlayStation. Watching some uh, something like this, so this is how for me I spending uh, my time during the the holidays. Is that Jack? Yeah, <laughs> Jack should make a, a, a um, what do you call it? We should introduce Jack to the podcast <laughs> next so, time. So for those who don't know Jack, or you probably already know, Jack is his dog. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should tell us a bit about Jack. Jack is my dog. <laughs> As you mentioned, uh, I I brought him to the house when he was only one month, and now he is living. Uh, no, no, now he is uh, a year and one month old. We are we are all loving him. You know, I I love dogs, and I was wanting to try to have dog, so I brought Jack to the to the house when he was uh, one month old. And I love Jack. He's a good boy. Uh, now he is uh, one year, one year and uh, one month old. We can say thirty months. I, Maybe, I think uh, I think Jack doesn't like the music outside. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's barking. Uh, it might be interesting for him. Like he <laughs> go to the take him to the wedding to the wall <laughs> to the wall of of the roof and uh, standing there and look uh, to the street to discover what is going on and what happened you should take him to the wedding next time <laughs> yes i think it's a good idea um i think my last question is so my last question is what is your message to everyone listening let me think about my message to the people um okay my uh, my message to the world like to to read more about Palestine and to educate uh, educate themselves about Palestine uh, because uh, Palestine is uh, 
is an uh, issue need uh, need attention and need support. My message, my my message to the world to keep supporting Palestine and spreading the word about the Palestinian issue and about the Palestinian suffering under the occupation. We need uh, to spread the awareness about Palestine because every time we do this. We will gain supporters and uh, the, the freedom will be much closer to us, inshallah, in the coming days. And uh, hope, I hope uh, that the uh, big government uh, taking actions uh, soon, inshallah, taking uh, actions against uh, the occupation. Uh, and uh, I hope they will uh, stand up. Palestine and support the Palestinian kids. Uh, this is my, this is sim- simply, this is my message. All the world must uh, support Palestine. Do you feel as though the international community has neglected Palestine and Palestinians, or do you think that they're doing better now? No, I think uh, they, they keep neglecting the Palestinians because they have done nothing for Palestine and uh, they still ignoring uh, our voices and uh, they uh, like not helping us at all and in, in, on the other hand they are just uh, condemning, condemning the, the Israeli crimes without taking uh, a real action on the ground to stop uh, the, the Israeli actions and uh, against the Palestinian and the Israeli crimes against the Palestinians. So they, they, are, they are still ignoring and, and neglect the Palestinians. And they, they, there is a lot to do to, like, to, to help the Palestinians, but they have done nothing, I think. This is my opinion. Um, Yusuf, Maymar and or Joe Gaza, thank you so much for joining us today all the way from Gaza and thank you for offering your time and for sh- sharing your experiences. You are welcome, uh, Adra, and thank, uh, thank you so much for hosting me. It's my pleasure well, to, be, to be in your podcast and uh, hopefully you will, people <laughs> will like... Uh, Listen to uh, it. <laughs> yes, the listener would like the episode, inshallah. Yeah, I hope so too. Since talking to Yusuf, a number of things have happened. Yusuf reached a milestone. For the first time in his life, he managed to leave Gaza and travel to Turkey. However, shortly upon his return to Gaza, on the 5th of August, Israel yet again launched airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, killing 46 Palestinians, including 16 children, and leaving over 360 Gazans wounded. A ceasefire was announced on August 7th. Once again, Gaza temporarily made the headlines. For all of you listening, people are not numbers. The purpose of Earth Stories is to go beyond borders and beyond inaccurate headlines and really get to know the ordinary citizens doing extraordinary things. So guys, this is all from Earth Stories today. Thank you for listening and thank you, Yusuf, for this chat. If you'd like to know more about what he's doing, then you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at JoeGaza93. To know more about what I'm doing, you can catch me on Instagram as well at MyEarthStories. And for any questions or suggestions, please email them at earthstories.pod at gmail.com. And for those of you who are curious about the up and coming episodes, then subscribe to this podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. See you in the next episode.